This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hello and welcome to the Bike Radar podcast, brought to you from the team behind Cycling Plus, MBUK and BikeRadar.com. Hello, welcome to another edition of the Bike Radar podcast. My name is Simon Von Bromley, BikeRadar.com's senior technical writer, and today I am very lucky to be joined by the deputy editor of BikeRadar.com, Jack Luke, our digital writer, Stan Portis, and a debut appearance on the Bike Radar podcast for our other digital writer, Jack Evans. How is everyone today? Absolutely fabulous, Simon. Enjoying a lovely sunny afternoon in fashionable South Bristol. I'm also in South Bristol enjoying the sun coming through my window. I'm in South Birmingham and it is also sunny. So. Fantastic. <laughs> well, we're a sunny bunch. Yeah. <laughs> Don't sound lovely. so surprised. <laughs> sunny in the Midlands. Well, There's a first. Well, today we're going to discuss some of our 2022 riding plans. Now it's the end of January here as we record this, and I'm sure all of us have been training very, very hard for whatever (laughs) our plans are. So without further ado, let's dive right into it. Who's got an exciting plan for 2022? Mm, I'll go Simon. I'm feeling smug. Uh, I did a lot of really, really good riding last year both in a go-fast sense, uh, lots of fun rides with friends, a little bit of time trialling, you know, all the usual stuff you expect. But I think my real highlight of 2021 was the tours I did, both on my own and with my partner, uh, Laura. And I'm really, really looking forward to doing some more of that next year. Touring isn't quite as fashionable as bikepacking. It's trendier, younger sibling. But for me, the sort of slower pace and convenience of stuffing absolutely everything I could ever want into my panniers 
was sort of rediscovered joy last year. Um, the, the real highlight was a lovely week and a half tour I did with Laura on our tandem Cecil. And we were so well equipped for that with a lovely palatial three-person tent, you know, coffee gear, tons of food. But even I went as far as taking a chopping board and a collapsible sieve, which to me is the height of luxury <laughs> when you're camping. And it really elevated the experience to something, I dare say, quite like a holiday. And given the anxieties around travel abroad and the sort of inability to do so last year, um, I think probably many people were forced into a, a similar situation where you were maybe exploring places a bit closer to you. And despite being just across the bridge, truthfully, I'd not really ventured much further west in Wales than, say, sort of hay on why. So heading out to the very far west coast and meandering through shady agrarian lanes with Laura was a real, real highlight. And I'm hoping this year to do much, much more of that myself. Now, Simon, we actually subjected you to one of your first um, bikepacking adventures a couple of years ago as a video for Bike Radar. Does all that sort of sound familiar? Does that sound like something you'd like to do? Well, funnily, as, as you mentioned it, there are no bikepacking plans in uh, my 2022 plans yeah it's just uh, you know I think it's one of those things that sounds that sounds uh, lovely but I'm it's just not for me I, I I kind of like I like warm beds and showers and clean clothes and things like that so um it, it's just it's just it's just not for me and I think that's fine but like what about Jack or Stan uh, are either of you guys planning any bikepacking excursions this year well I'm I don't have any plans and I've never actually done it which is quite strange because I used to really love going wild camping and I don't have a problem with wearing dirty clothes day after day <laughs> um, we've noticed mate. <laughs> 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 um, and it's, it's not on, it's not on my list of things I'd like to do but I'm sure I could come around to the idea eventually I mean surely I must have sold you with those those stories of bucolic lovely carefree days i mean how could you not be convinced don't let felix hear you say that he'll sign you up for a for a video yeah how about you jack what do you think bikepacking on your horizon this year it, it definitely is yeah um i had a big trip planned down to st ives last year but it was derailed after a, a dog tripped me up while i was running so maybe there's a lesson there um <laughs> um but <laughs> which, which would be what's the lesson <laughs> <laughs> so, running is bad don't run don't yeah. run don't ever run mm. so so this year um in in march i've got a week where i'm going to try to do um the celtic way um east to west right to the west coast of wales and then do do that the high road and then potentially more more of a valley route slightly more mountainous a bit more off-road i'll be on the gravel bike and then come back the coastal way um hopefully with a nice headwind behind me and that's looking at about maybe 700 k's so it's, it's quite a quite a big it's quite a big outing um i do ambitious yeah i I do have some um some welsh relatives um so if i if i if i don't fancy bivying i can sort of do it do it a bit bit more uh under under a nice warm roof if 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 needs be but i'll definitely be picking the the bike radar team's um collective brain on some bike packing tips well just as well we've got some excellent content on site for beginners who want to get into bike packing on bicycleradar.com you must check it out it's excellent (laughs) 
tell us about the Cel- tell us about the Celtic way though. Where does that start and where does that finish? That sounds quite good. Yeah, so it's um, it's all either the um, NCN four, which is the National Cycle Route four, or um, number forty seven, starting from um, starts from Chepstow, but the sort of traditional route might be to to take in the Seven Bridge as well. So cycle over the Seven, and the forty seven is a bit more of the the hybrid slash gravel bike option, uh, winding through the valleys bit more of a scenic route um and you avoid the slightly slightly bleaker parts of south wales um, around port Talbot and swansea um but i think that's that's the way i'll be taking back because it will be a bit more direct um yeah and it's um all, all obviously being a, a cycle route all quiet lanes um and some really stunning scenery um i'm sure in the going over the bracken beacons and, and the green valleys no shade to the people of um, Port Talbot and Bridgend, but we act, we came back from our tour that way. And from Swan, like around Swansea on the western side, lovely, uh, the coast out towards that way. But the section sort of just past Swansea as far as almost Barry is, is pretty hard. It was interminable coming through there on the, the tandem. Um, and yes, perhaps the most scenic part of the world, but going through the steelworks, is very very cool because you were very close to it and you from what you see on the motorway you don't quite realize how epic in scale it is so that's a novelty you've got to look forward to it, that yeah sorry that also relates to my, another another goal but i'm sure we'll we'll get onto that in in a sec um well, dragon I was going to ride. ask you about it, Jack. You said you were going to do the dragon ride this year, and I think you had some sort of uh, ambitious time you wanted to complete it in. Is that right? Um, yeah. I, so, so I did the um, the two hundred kilometer version last year. That was the longest one available, but that was absolutely ample. Um, so, stupid love signed up for the three hundred kilometer edition this year, um, which has most of the elevation is in the two hundred kilometers. Um, there's one. There's a couple of climbs. The infamous um, devil staircase with a max of twenty five percent that uh, will be right on the tip, right on the sort of halfway round. Um, and yeah, hoping. Sort of, I sort of maybe under 11, 12 hours. I think would would <laughs> would, be, would be a good target to have. Um, but if if depending on how well training is going, it might just be getting round is is the goal. Well, for the benefit of uh, people who maybe you know aren't familiar with the dragon ride, t- give us a little give us a little flavour. Like, kind of, where does it start? Where does it finish? Where does it go? Um, so it starts in Margam Country Park in Patalbert and. From there, um, you head into the Bracken Beacons um, via Black Mountain. Um, on most routes, you take in Devil's Elbow, which is um, in heading up towards Abergavenny. And then you start to wind your way back through um, in, into the valleys. You climb up some, some climbs like Regos and, and Bulk, um, which are quite, stun- quite stunning landscapes. Last year, there was absolutely nothing to be seen at the top at all. It was it was a bit of Welsh drizzle, um, but uh, hoping for better weather this year. It will also be in June as opposed to September, um, having been delayed by the pandemic. So, um, yeah, it's known as one of the toughest um, UK cyclist sportives. I think it's probably up there with the Fred Witten or the Dartmoor Classic. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Sounds horrible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, it's a really nice area of the, the world to ride in, though, isn't it? And it's kind of, you know, it's hard to get long climbs in the UK. But it, like I say, if you do like plenty of climbing, then that part of the world's pretty good for it, isn't it? I mean, I know you've ridden a lot of those climbs, Jack, haven't you? Yes, when you said Rigos, I've I actually have only ever done it from the north side to the south. I've never gone up the sort of longer, more mellow way. But as a descent, that is absolutely wild. That's a really, really cool road. And that does almost feel like, I dare say, almost alpine, just because the road surface is good and it's very wide. <laughs> and it's the hairpins going up as well, um, which are just just gorgeous. Um, and you can sort of, it, it's that rare um, chance in the UK to, um, to, to see above the peak directly above you, but you've got maybe 15, 15 corners to go. And it's probably a 20, 30 minute climb for, for quite a lot of people, longer for some, which it's yeah, just a steady, I think it's only 5% average gradient, but it's just, it doesn't really, doesn't really slacken or, or increase from that. It's a steady climb. We obviously welcome people of absolutely all abilities and, you know, bike riders is a very, very broad church, but when Jack had applied for this job and we were interviewing, I did have a little, little nose on his Strava and I had, you're sort of being quite humble here because you posted a fairly spicy average pace and time in last year's edition i was very impressed it was uh, i was on a fast bike and did did turn out to be a good day and i'll also credit the the roasted new potatoes that were on on offer at the feed <laughs> stations perfect well blend this of is jack's gonna salt. be getting getting very excited now he might join you if he were if he finds out there's good food at the feed stations yes no fig rolls please <laughs> jack have you have you have you thought about um how you're going to tackle 300 kilometers um i haven't thought specifically um i think i'll probably i will have to go slower than last year um definitely um and yeah i think sort of eating eating incredibly regularly but not too much at one time um and also drinking loads as well because he's even on these long rides i've found if it's not even if it's not particularly warm you still sweat out a hell of a lot Stan as a uh, long distance audaxer yourself. Yeah, I've, um, I'm sure you can offer some tips. I've cycled 300 kilometers once, and I don't really recommend it. <laughs> 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 it was, it was. I mean, that was for an overnight audax in November. So I think you you'll have it a bit easier than I had it. But it's it's a really long way. It's really hard, um, and I, I think you know. I think. Eating, eating as much as you can and regularly is the key. And then just never really pushing yourself that hard, you know, keeping it really easy. Um, and also preferably doing it with people to have people to talk to because, you know, cycling for that long where you're just, you know, you are just cycling. And if, if you don't have anyone to talk to, it's kind of, it can be, it can get pretty demoralizing. Good tips. I think, yeah, I've not done anything over 200k in my time, and I and I like the thought of. I mean, I don't have the time to do that sort of thing anymore, sadly. But it, to be honest, I don't. I'm not sure. You know, if you if you ask me to go do 
300 kilometers in in south wales and like you say you know the important thing is to not go too hard well if you've got a 25 percent <laughs> climb mixed in there somewhere like you better take some easy gears if you're not planning to go too hard but um you know we'll be very much looking forward to see how you get on young jack um but i didn't i didn't know that about you though stan i didn't know you were a, a long distance audaxer what what's on, what are on your plans this year is more of that or something else um yeah I, i've kind of left that similar to you Simon I think like I don't really feel like I've got time for doing that kind of stuff anymore um it's pretty you have to do oh, it's just a lot of time to spend on a bike isn't it um but I, th- I think you know I think my goal for 2022 is more unfinished business than than a new thing particularly um when I was big into doing long distance rides I also got cycling with the club and I started doing their fast rides um which were really good fun and then last year I kind of got back into them after having not done them during uh 2020 and covid um and I consist I consistently got dropped so my my aim for 2022 is to not get dropped on the club fast ever ever (laughs) um which is quite simple but then you start thinking about it and uh I don't know how I'm going to achieve that. <laughs> well, I mean, I was going to, yeah, that is one thing that if you do a lot of long rides that I, I think I'm sure many people have experienced this, that if you're just riding lots, there is something about the fitness you get from doing lots of big, long rides. You might not be a, you know, you might not be winning sprints here and there all the time, but like you say, it's very rare to drop someone who can do, a 300 kilometer ride isn't it I mean, I, i've certainly when i've been my fittest it's generally when i've been riding the most i don't know i rode absolutely tons last year but i felt like you dropped me like a sack of stones most <laughs> like we rode lots simon but there you go <laughs> I, I i find sometimes if i have been clocking clocking the miles there's something about that that can dull the legs maybe just through fatigue and i think vo2 max can dip slightly I think I think well, on the speed of Stan's club rides. I mean, he's talking thirty-eight kilometers an hour. So are you right? Are you right? Is this with Pete? Is Pistol this Pete? Is Pist- one of our, this is Pistol Pete. Yeah. For the listeners, that's one of our. Um, he works in ad sales here at, at our media, and uh, he's he's a bit of a weapon. So uh, <laughs> if you if you if you cannot get dropped by Pete on the climbs, you're doing something right. But um, he's he is one of the stronger riders we know. Shall we say? Yeah. Definitely. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I've never seen him out of the big ring. Put it that yeah, way. Yeah, you go out him. He is in the big ring constantly. I, I think. I think the thing is, like, even if you do loads of, even if you do loads of quantity, and you know you're you're logging loads of miles, when you're kind of cycling at that pace, um, you do kind of need a sprint as well because as soon as there's any elevations, as soon as you're coming out of any bends, it's you know you kind of need something to get back onto onto the group or just you know not not drop a wheel suddenly and then just be gone for the rest of the ride so you're riding much already stan is what what, what's the plan then (laughs) i don't i don't really have a plan yet (laughs) (laughs) just kind of hoping just kind of hoping i mean so the the rides (laughs) the rides are in the evening and they start when the clocks go back which is the end of march so I've, i've kind of i've got a while to kind of get some training in and uh uh get my fitness back up but it's it's, at the moment it's fingers crossed more than anything (laughs) i don't know about you three but the end of march and clocks going back 
could not come quick enough, but my word, it feels like a lifetime away. I am so bored of riding in the dark. I just I cannot wait for a bit of sunshiny, stress-free evening rides. Yeah. Now, Simon, I one assumes, you know, as a committed long-distance uh, saddlebag toting, helmet mirror using odd axer. They've got more of that for the year ahead. Is that correct? Yeah, I mean, you know me. I uh, I love a, a a bike bag and some, you know, a, and a Brooks leather saddle and you know a, a jersey that <laughs> sags down below my saddle, that sort of thing. Um, no, I, actually, from from for my uh, for my twenty twenty two plans are painfully predictable. Um, I'd like to go a bit faster in the time trials and um, maybe a bit faster on Zwift. <laughs> So, you know, if if you if, if you had your Von Bromley bingo cards at the ready, well done. You can mark those two in your calendar. But um, yeah, I, I'd really like to break 19 minutes at our um, local uh, Chew Lake time trial. Um, I, I think I need about I did when I did the modelling, as you say. I, I think I needed about 10 watts over last year. So whether that comes from you know improvements to my position or improvements to kit you know for any brands that are listening (laughs) (laughs) or whether that comes from simply me pedaling the bike harder which is you know perhaps less likely as i'm a year older than i was last year and you know (laughs) i was just about to say just as well you've got a newish child they always say that's what's ideal i had a child last year and uh yeah my my son was born tail end of uh 2020 and 2021's racing season was uh cut short as a result of uh sleep progression throughout the year so um i'm hoping 2022 won't be won't be quite so bad but yeah my my goal is focus around uh shorter events really and and i think yeah like i'd like to as i said i'd like to go under 19 minutes it's um this isn't for those for those listening this isn't a uh, 10 mile course it's a little bit shorter it's more like was it 8.3 something like that yeah so but it's more of a sporting course it's not really fun yeah, it's very, very fun. It's not just up and down a kind of dual carriageway where you can, you know, draft a lorry for halfway of it. But um, yeah, I'd like to go under 19 minutes just because I think I think I hit 19.17 this year, you know, kind of early on in the season. And I felt like I was on on the way to to hitting that. But it obviously it didn't, didn't happen in the end. But I think, yeah, about 10 watts is what I need. So I've been working on my position Go on, Jack. What sort of overall wattage are we talking for this sort of 20 minute effort? And oh, nothing, nothing fancy. Hard. No, it would have been about so obviously, you know, on the TT bike, I can't do as much as I can do on the road bike just because the position's a bit more extreme. But we're talking about, I would have done 270 watts average last year or something, which would have been. I don't know what the post, anyone quick at maths. I weigh 64 kilos. <laughs> what's that in watts per kilo? It's probably around something about, that's probably around four watts per kilo. So that, you know, that, that's, that's not a particularly impressive thing, but like, so I, you know, like the chances of me getting back to my youthful days of being able to do 300 watts for 20 minutes, I think are, are perhaps slightly too ambitious. So I'm, I'm kind of focusing on if I could hit 200 and, 75 280 for 20 minutes and then like improve my position a little bit i think i might be able to have it so that'll be the other one i think if i in terms of swift my, my kind of like i still haven't quite got into swift swift racing seeing as it's mostly sort of criterion but i would like to go under 45 minutes for out the swift which i think is going to require 
4.2 watts per kilo or something like something like that for 45 minutes so on the road bike that's you know potentially a bit more feasible than doing it on the time trial bike but again like the problem with that is um there's not a lot of kit that can help me go faster in zwift so i might have to find some sort of other performance gains we'll see i'm gonna get back on the beetroot shots <laughs> beetroot, beetroot shots and pickle juice you'll have honking <laughs> breath but at least you'll be fast <laughs> well yeah you know then no one can smell your breath in zwift so just, you know mm. yeah i should be taking lots of caffeine and beetroot shots yeah the beetroot shots are okay as long as you can keep them down um which some of my club mates have definitely struggled with. <laughs> I uh, have also seen on the odd little group chat message, Simon, you sent me a photo of a very small one-by chain ring, perhaps hinting at a hill climb campaign later on in the year. Could that be, could that be on that's your horizon? True. Yeah, that is true. That's, so that's not quite on the horizon. That, that, feels a, that feels a really long way off, doesn't it? Like hill climb season. But yes, I uh, obviously I got a new giant TCR last year. Um, ended up purchasing the long-term review bike that I had. And so that meant my old 2009 rim brake TCR was sort of surplus to requirements. And in order to ward off my wife sort of saying, you know, you don't really ride that bike, you should get rid of it. Um, <laughs> I've decided to turn it into a dedicated hill climb bike because, you know, why not? It's a bit, a bit of fun, isn't it? So I don't think, you know, I'm not going to go full kind of full knowledge. knowledge yeah, yeah full knowledge andrew feather tom bell that kind of thing but when you know i did have a bit of fomo when i saw you and felix doing it this year and i kind of regretted not taking part so so yeah i'm gonna sort of trick out i'm not gonna spend loads of money but we're gonna we'll trick out that bike with some fast tires a one by system that sort of thing uh probably st- stick with, stick with clinchers you know because i think they're faster than tubulars although joe Joe Knowledge, who used to be Bike Radar's video manager and a very, very gifted hill climber, has keep keeps keeps uh, saying he's going to lend me some Schmolker parts and some <laughs> some ludicrously lightweight, expensive carbon wheels. But I, I think um, I think I might embarrass myself if I turn up on a <laughs> on a bike with that many parts and still finish in the middle of the pack. I have to say, with my sort of racing in enormous inverted commas last year, I have no grand ambitions of, of performance with hill climbs nor uh, time trials, but I did really enjoy the conviviality and time spent with my chums at, at racing. You know, it's uh, the shared anxiety is very, very entertaining, and I, I, I look forward to welcoming you into the fold of the hill climbs in <laughs> September when they start. Could either of you two be tempted by a time trial or a hill climb? I reckon you, Stan, you could be quite a weapon on the Chew Lake course. Yeah, I'd, I'd quite like to. I'd quite like to give that a pop. I mean, that's that's where the fast rides I was speaking about happen. Some of them happen there, two laps of Chew Valley Lake, and then back to Bristol. Um, so yeah, I could definitely give that a crack. I feel like I stand a better chance with that than going uphill. So. Some years ago, George Scott, our editor-in-chief, he did actually come along and do one of the time trials. So we could, in fact, get a full full bike rider posse along. That would be good fun. An all-stars competition. Anything else? Any other kind of outside of the road and touring sphere? Anybody else going to be doing anything off-road flavoured this year? Well, I was really hoping to get a gravel bike as a long-term review bike this year. But it just hasn't happened so far. I'm, you know, I'm, I know this will uh, 
don't you know break out the small violins for a poor poor journalist who can't get hold of a a review bike but um i did start accumulating gravel kit earlier this year in the in advance of you know hopefully doing some kind of longer gravel rides with with yourself and felix jack but um so far uh, due to kind of shortages of bikes and all that sort of thing it hasn't really happened but um there are any of you stan or jack do you own a gravel bike you got any kind of plans in that regard I'm quite a keen um, gravel rider on my um, Canyon Grail, which I use for cross um, cyclocross over the winter, but it's now got its um, wider tyres on for some... I wouldn't say we have gravel. We have gravel roads perhaps out in Worcestershire in the Kinver Forest um, and uh, Wire Forest, but around Birmingham it's mainly bridleways and towpaths, things like that. Um, but yeah, I certainly would like to plan some longer trips um, maybe a coast to coast or, or something like that. Um, yeah, definitely get up to, uh, the peak district and try some gravel, gravel tracks up there. What about you, Jack? Can we we get you back on a cross country mountain bike for old time's sake? Maybe Joe, uh, formerly of this parish, we used to always go and do the Glentress seven every year, which is a seven hour, either solo pair trio or quad race that you can do. Um, it's a really good day out, really, really good fun, quite technical single track, which suited me well because the climbing was consistent and fairly steady, but I'm not very competitive there in a mountain bike, but I was very fast on the descents compared to, you know, the punters of this world. I actually, I'm not a very good um, time trialist or road racer, but I am quite good at mountain biking. So I'd like to do that again, whether or not that'll happen. Depends on whether I can bully Joe into it because I don't think he's feeling very competitive and I don't think it'll quite uh, satiate his hunger for winning. But um, I'd really, really enjoy doing something like that. And I think within the the broader bike radar team, I know certainly Rob Weaver, our technical editor-in-chief, he's intending to go back to his racing routes and I believe he'll be racing in EWS this year. Tom Marvin's planning a little bit of cross-country mountain bike racing as well, maybe a bit of marathon racing was even threatened. Then we also have Luke Marshall, um, who is one of our uh, tech writers, and he is very fast, very, very fast, formerly raced downhill World Cups, and I believe he'll be doing some EWS races this year. So, yes, some ambition across uh, across the team. And then on the video side as well, I should say Felix and Robin, I have... I am so pleased to say I have ducked out of this, but they were threatening to do a 300-kilometer coast-to-coast ride as part of a video for uh, a Gravel Diary series we're going to be working on this year. Now, you know, the idea of a 300-kilometer gravel ride with my friends sounds really, really nice, but the thought of having to do a video at the same time sounds absolutely (laughs) awful. (laughs) Uh, yeah. I did the Dirty Reaver in September past. I, I can't remember the exact numbers, but when I did it in 2017, I think it took me like eight or nine hours-ish, something like that. Uh, this past September, where I filmed it for a video, it took me closer to 12 or 13. Uh, so yeah, I don't really want to do that again, ideally. Sorry for the small violin moment, but it made yeah. for a very, very difficult <laughs> day out. <laughs> yeah, it's just one of those things, isn't it? Um, where obviously we have an incredibly fun job and, and as you say getting to go do those events for you know for work is is amazing but it is um, incredible how much kind of stopping and how much time uh, having to stop to make content can add to a ride so trying to do anything kind of really really long and ambitious 
becomes almost doubly long and ambitious. And, and so you really have to kind of, you know, pick your battles carefully. <laughs> That's a great shame for Jack, because I'm in the midst of booking the media moto for his uh, <laughs> dragon ride to follow him for the day. <laughs> I did have a bit of that last year with my, uh, with my parents uh, driving along some of the course and people banging sheep bells and all of that. It was quite a good atmosphere, but uh, yeah, the uh, the moto will catch me in my moments of pain if it, if it, if it does <laughs> tag along. <laughs> Mm. you're gonna get swept up by the broom wagon oh i hope not <laughs> so jack i, I was not. really hoping i was going to come onto this podcast and find out that you were actually going to planning planning on joining me for a kind of season of time trials this jack jack yeah luke, jack, jack luke i, I will you'd come sort of freshened sure. before you know. i will definitely i you know i certainly the the chew lake ones i really enjoyed i was very uncommitted last year but i think we all kind of were as a group. yeah well we never no one really knew what was going to happen <laughs> yeah so i will come along and, and play some of those and i you could tempt me out for maybe one or two traditional sunday morning ones um a full campaign maybe we'll see how good i do how, 50 how miles up and down dual carry a dual carriageway <laughs> on the outskirts of stevenage that sort of thing <laughs> Only if it's on a tandem with you, Simon. <laughs> well, a tandem time trial, I know that's something we've kind of threatened to do for years, but um, there is a lovely a, a lovely uh, couple of members of Bristol South Cycling Club, one of you know the country's preeminent cycling clubs, I might add, who has said that we could borrow their tandem time trial bike potentially. So if we're feeling bold enough... I, f- I do believe the offer is on the table, but um, oh, look, only if I can get a matching um, <laughs> pock tempor to match. <laughs> so the, then you could tempt me. Yeah. Okay. Well, I think the only other thing I was really going to talk about is that I, I would quite like to get abroad to ride my bike at some time this year. I I don't know if it will happen. I think this might be one for twenty twenty three because already my summer is being booked up with adult things like weddings and baby parties and that sort of thing but i'm desperate to get out and do some alpine climbs at some point go see the tour de france or the giro d'italia or something like that um so i might look into that but i suspect that could be a 2023 one but um yeah any other any other miscellaneous plans from the group well in fact what would be your dream foreign cycling destination we should wrap up with that how about you stan I'd I'd love to go to the Pyrenees. I've never ridden a bike there, and it's kind of some of my favourite stages in the Tour de France around there. I don't know. I don't know what to add beyond that. It just it, it feels like like Simon's saying. It feels like such <laughs> it feels like such a long time since I've done anything like that. That just the thought of it is exciting. Your wistful look on this team's call. I mean, really <laughs> painted a picture for us all. So I believe you. Hmm. And Jack, I've been keen on the idea of. Girona um, for a trip and it turns out uh, that is exactly where my cycling club have organised to go in late September early October so I think um, that is extremely tempting for the array of riding on offer um, off-road and on-road that sounds mm. lovely that does sound lovely where could I go I'd like to go don't say Scotland yeah I'd, I'd like to go to <laughs> Scotland the Let best place on earth <laughs> <laughs> I am going to Scotland on a tour but that's not that's not the question uh, I would like to go I'd actually like to do like Germany and the low countries um, partly because I'd like to do it in a tandem and it's flat and that'd be really really nice but uh, years ago I did a press trip in oh I can't remember exactly where it was Buchholz 
which is where Rose Bikes is based. And, you know, the riding wasn't extraordinary, but it was just very lovely, quiet roads, nice villages. For me, it was the sort of stress-free cycling and the respect that cyclists are given on the road and the sort of just calmness of the whole thing. I'd really like to explore more of that part of the world because uh, it's somewhere I wouldn't necessarily uh, choose to go off the top of my head. But yeah, that, that'd be it for me, I reckon. Lovely. Well, we'll leave it there then. Of course, dear listeners, we'd love to know what your riding plans for 2022 are. So do let us know by leaving a comment on the article on bikeradar.com where this podcast gets posted. And as always, please do leave us a review. Subscribe to this podcast if you haven't already. And a big thanks again to our two Jacks and Stan for joining me today. Yeah, thank thanks, you, Simon. Simon. Thanks, Simon. And uh, thanks to you, the listener, for listening. And until next time, stay safe. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Bike Radar podcast. If you want any more information on what we've been talking about or more news and views on cycling, check out bikeradar.com. Bye.